This is Closer to the Fire from the Voice of the Martyrs Canada with a focus on the persecuted church. According to the 2022 World Watch list from Open Doors, the most difficult and dangerous place in the world to follow Jesus is now Afghanistan. For the past two decades, North Korea topped that list. And while things haven't gotten any better for the believers in North Korea, that hermit kingdom where some 30,000 Christians are imprisoned because of their faith, the level of danger for Christians in Afghanistan has gotten a lot worse since the Taliban regained control of that country last summer. Somalia, Libya, Yemen, Eritrea, Nigeria, Pakistan, Iran, and India round out the top 10 on the World Watch list. But our spotlight on this podcast is Afghanistan. And joining me is Obed Rod. He was born into a Muslim family in Afghanistan and was a devoted and practicing Muslim for the first few decades of his life. But he began to question the religion and that led him on a spiritual journey that would eventually bring him to Jesus and years later to Canada. Obed, thank you for joining me on Closer to the Fire. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me today. So it's my pleasure. Yeah, we have a mutual friend named Yonatan Hurraway. He works as a pastor in the Toronto area. He is an Eritrean brother. And uh, recently I was with him and he said, you got to talk to Obed about uh, what's going on in Afghanistan and get some of his story. So again, I'm glad that you could join us. Now, before we talk about the situation facing Christians in your home country, what was life like for you growing up as a Muslim in Afghanistan? Uh, yeah, so... When I was born in Afghanistan, Afghanistan was a communist Muslim country. So I was born in a communist Muslim family uh, where uh, for the first 13 years of my life, uh, we, we were like open wine Muslims and we were not strict about our religion. So, and uh, we were actually uh, not in favor of Islam and we were fighting against strict uh, Muslims and extremists at that time. But uh, later, when I became 14, then Afghanistan became a pure Islamic country and that's how, uh, you know, my life was <laughs> kind of, uh, you know, changed from a, an open-mind Muslim to someone who is uh, a strict Muslim and then uh, yeah, so I started uh, learning about Islam and following the Islamic laws and rules in my life. So, Obed, under communism, Islam wasn't as radical as it uh, would become. So what was it then when this uh, more, again, more intense or radical version of Islam came in? What, what caused you then to, you know, maybe try to follow along with what was going on? Yeah, so as you said, like uh, when uh, Afghanistan was a communist Muslim country, we were kind of open mind and we were fighting actually against uh, those who were in favor of Islam and they were called Mujahideen. So after the fall of the communist regime in Afghanistan, when the Mujahideen came in and they uh, captured the whole country, they took over, uh, Afghanistan became a uh, Islamic country and in the beginning they used to call us they, you are pagans, you are communists and uh, so <laughs> they, they were actually calling us pagans though we were Muslims but nominal Muslims so everything uh, was changed and we had to learn about Islam and we had to follow Islamic rules and people were happy because uh, there was a war for 14 years and 
uh, these people they were claiming that we are Muslims and you are not and now we were happy okay the whole country is an Islamic country and everyone is Muslim so we will have peace in our country but soon and maybe in a matter of three four months the same Muslims, Mujahideen, who were fighting with us, they started fighting with each other. So that was a new war in our country. It was a civil war for five years. And then after that, the Taliban came. It was a new group of students, religious students. They came and they defeated all these Mujahideen groups. And they claimed that, no, we are Muslims. You are not Muslim. So <laughs> it was a big shift for me. Uh, you know, so I was at this, I was interested to know about Islam. I was interested to follow Islamic rules and laws. But I always had this question that, uh, you know, when I was a communist Muslim, I was considered as a pagan. Then I became a little bit a strict Muslim. And now the Taliban here and they are saying that, Oh, you're not Muslims or good Muslims, so you have to become a good Muslim. So it was a question for me that who is a Muslim actually? So, Obed, how much did you then know about Islam during the time of the communist? Uh, you know, you were following Islam and then, you know, there was some peace that came and then you get more of a radical version of Islam. Were you studying uh, the Quran and the teachings of Muhammad? Uh, yeah, so... Uh, I, you know, since I was born in a Muslim family, I knew about uh, some uh, Islamic uh, basic uh, teachings and those kinds of stuff. And I also got a chance to, uh, you know, to learn more about Islam and learn uh, practical things. So, but when the Taliban came and they took over, then uh, that was a difficult, uh, different chapter in my life. And and, uh, you know, I tried to to study Islam and I tried to go to actually a, a religious school. It wasn't a school. It was kind of a like in, in a Christian context. It was like a Bible college. So I went to that Islamic college and I studied about Islam and, uh, for three years. So, um, the, yeah, so I learned about Islam. So uh, then I had. Uh, let's say like I had a good knowledge of uh, Islamic faith and uh, yeah so yeah that's how I moved from a person uh, who knew a little bit about Islam the basic things and then I learned a little bit more about Islam the practical things and then you know I I, I, I let's say I went to this uh, Islamic college and I, I studied about Islam about Islamic teachings about all Islamic subjects, all different Islamic subjects that uh, an Islamic uh, scholar should study. Like, uh, yeah, so uh, I studied Islam. So when you were studying, were you still open then, uh, you know, to becoming strong in your Muslim faith? Or was there some doubt starting to creep in at that point? Yeah, so b before I joined this uh, this college, uh, so they call it madrasa. So before I joined this madrasa, I uh, I was very interested to know about Islam, and I was thinking that uh, this is my faith, this is my religion, and I want to know about my faith. I want to know about my religion, and uh, I you know I wanted to be a, a like a kind of Muslim who knows about his faith, you know. 
Uh, so, but when I joined the college from the day one that I joined the, my, my studies, my classes, I noticed that uh, there are some small things that I, I don't agree with those stuff. They, I had a lot of questions. And then I found out that uh, actually I was not allowed to ask those questions. Uh, I could ask uh, maybe some people to answer my questions, but it, could, uh, it was not good for me. Like a good Muslim never asks those kinds of mm. questions, like <laughs> that kind of right. idea, like what kind of Muslims you are that you are doubting about this stuff. Like, uh, oh, you can doubt if someone said something, uh, an Islamic leader or someone said something, you can ask questions. But if something is mentioned in the, Quran and you don't agree, disagree with that, that's not something that uh, people like it. Like So that's why, you know, I started uh, doubting about the, some truths and I, I, then I noticed some contradictions. Then I, there were some stuff that I, I disagree with those, with those, with those things. So uh, yeah, that's how this doubt, this, uh, my questions and the way that uh, I always had uh, questions in my mind and uh, I was not able to ask people because of the, let's say, spirit of fear or shame or, you know, uh, yeah, so all those, those stuff, uh, you know, uh, I had this in my, in my, in my heart inside me. And I could not uh, express my feelings and things that, that I was feeling inside. And then what happened? Then I started fighting with God. And uh, mm-hmm. I was kind of a hypocrite person <laughs> because uh, outwardly, I was a good Muslim and I was studying in this school and I was even leading prayers and I was teaching, uh, I was uh, teaching uh, like uh, other people. And, uh, you know, and people, they are thinking that, that I'm a good Muslim. And for others, I was a good teacher. I was a good Muslim. Uh, I was a good follower of Islam. But you were feeling, was, but you were feeling guilty, though, even. Yeah, but I was I mean, you out, guilty. Yeah, you weren't outwardly questioning Islam, but internally you were. And uh, yeah. that was leading to some turmoil. Yeah, so I, w- I had this feeling that I'm a hypocrite because <laughs> what is inside me, I cannot express it. And I all what I was saying and doing was fake because I could not speak the reality. And then I started fighting with God and I blamed God for this. And I my uh, idea was that, uh, yeah, there is only one God, but uh, all these problems are created by these prophets. <laughs> so maybe, uh, you know, they made some mistakes in the book and they taught different things and they did different things with, uh, did not match the Islamic teaching, like some of the Islamic teachings. And they, it did match like with other Islamic teachings, but so mm-hmm. there were contradictions. So, you know, I, I, I started fighting with God and one, in one point, I said, there is no God oh, because I was so confused. Yeah. And I, I don't know how, but I said, no, there is God, but the problem is with the prophets. <laughs> right. So, so, you, so you weren't questioning the teachings of Muhammad or the Quran or the Hadith. You're questioning those that were maybe presenting Islam and they were getting it wrong. But then the Taliban comes along 
and there's this violent part of Islam. Did that then send you even into more of, you know, of at least, you know, kind of going, well, is this even true anymore? Is Islam true? Or is maybe there's another way to God? Were all those things kind of happening at the same time? Uh, the best match for the Islamic, uh, let's say, Sharia is the Taliban, what the Taliban believe, what the Taliban do, what, uh, you know, what the Taliban say. So the, that's the best match for the Islamic Sharia, because whatever they say, it's written in the book. There's nothing outside that. So one of the big things that I had problem with was that there were some stuff outside the Quran, like, you should do this. Or God said this to, let's say, to Muhammad. I said, if if Allah said that to Muhammad, that should be in the Quran. So mm. why it's not there? And why it's, no, you don't know. This is, they have different names for that. This is like this. This is like that. I said, no, but you see, the word of God is Quran. And here you see, Allah talked to this angel. Or he sent this angel to Muhammad, or he said this to Muhammad, or Muhammad uh, spoke to Allah, or something, or to an angel, or not only Muhammad, but also other prophets. But where I cannot see it in the Quran, you know, it's not there. But they said, no, you don't know about this. And uh, like there are different concepts that, you know, they just teach you that you should believe, and you should believe. And then, uh, Quran also support that because supports that because uh, uh, Quran says that whatever the prophet says, you should agree with that. Mm, okay. like you never say something which contradicts what Allah says. So <laughs> then that gives you a feeling that, okay, so whatever he says, it's okay. But uh, uh, when I studied the Islamic uh, history, I found out that neither the Quran was written in the time of Muhammad, nor the Hadith. Right. So, <laughs> you know, and then out of all these versions of Quran, only one was chosen by Uthman. He chose one of those versions and then he burned all other versions. How did he know that this is the right version, you know? And there were some, a group of Muslims who disagreed with, with him. And that was the fourth. Uh, leader of Muslims, Ali, he was against this. He said, no, that version is not the right version. And Hadith is something that someone from Uzbekistan went to Saudi Arabia after, I don't know, 150 years. And then he went to uh, different places and asked people, what did Muhammad say? And people gave him all these stories. And he, you know, if uh, then he wrote down those stories. And if a story was uh, kind of uh, approved by two, three people. They used to call it, okay, it's a solid story. This is true. It's a Sahih Hadith. If a story was approved by one person, they could say, okay, this is also true, but uh, yeah, you can ignore it if you want. So I was kind of confused that yeah. if something is from God, it should be in this book. But there are many things which are not in the book, but you believe this is from God. So that's, you know, something it was a big question for me and i could not uh, actually question that <laughs> because yeah uh, yeah because of different reason it wasn't fear because i was a fearless person and i didn't care to take lives of people or to give lives of people because uh, i was that kind of person and i was happy to do whatever for allah 
didn't matter for me. So it wasn't fear, but it was shame that right. people will say, oh, this guy <laughs> even gave his life for Allah, but here he doubts what Islam says. So I didn't want people to, you know, to think about me like that. So, but, so, yes, but finally, finally, I believe that there is God and, uh, yeah, so, yeah, Maybe. that takes you, and that'll, and I want to get into your, you know, your, how you came into relationship with Jesus, because of course that would change your life totally. But were you starting to get involved in some violent things then, in terms of uh, protecting Islam, and even how maybe your view of Christians were at that time in Afghanistan? Uh, actually, that time that uh, there were very few Christians that like they were all underground so actually there were no Christians you can say in Afghanistan because there's no church building in Afghanistan there is no church and uh, that time there were only few Afghan Christians so that's one thing and another thing is that yes so uh, uh, Taliban means religious students mm. so, tal Talib a Taliba or Talib is, means student. Taliban is the plural form of Talib, which is student. So they are students. So these are the students who know about Islam. And they started this movement and they took over the country. So right now, even right now, there are all these religious students. That's why they gave their lives because they know about Islam and they know that if we are killed, we will go to heaven. If we kill, God will reward us. We will go to heaven. So these are the students. So I was a student. So I can <laughs> put it that way. I was a student, a religious student. And uh, I was happy. I was happy to follow my religion. And right. uh, I wanted to give my life. And I wanted to do whatever uh, I could do for Allah. So you can name it. Like whatever was allowed in the religion and whatever... Uh, you know, I was supposed to do uh, as a religious student, as a strict Muslim, as someone who knew the religion, someone who knows, uh, who knew his faith. So I was happy to do that. Now, did you ever get involved in situations where uh, you did get violent? Yeah, so uh, because when you live in that part of the country, yeah, you, I, yeah, so I can say, yeah. <laughs> right, and I, and I know you yeah. can't maybe, sh yeah. you know, talk a lot about that. There's obviously, can be ramifications and even for family that yeah. are still in Afghanistan. So yeah. you went off into Pakistan, uh, you studied Islam, and we've already talked about some of the things that you, uh, you know, troubled you, some of the contradictions or things that didn't yeah. make sense to you. So when did this openness to jesus and becoming a follower of jesus start for you yeah so it was my uh, let's say uh, last two weeks to finish my studies and i al already started like you can say call it like intern my internship in a right. mosque because <laughs> uh, so in a mosque and i was leading prayers and it was my last two weeks of studies uh, three three years, like I can say, like most of the Islamic, uh, we call them. You cannot call them scholars like these mullahs and mulvis. They studied 
their knowledge of Islam is very little you know, because they have never been to such kind of madrasas or colleges. So, but I had that uh, opportunity to study about Islam. So, like I was kind of a well-informed mullah or imam <laughs> because I I learned a lot about Islam. So it was the last two weeks of my studies, and I here I'm sitting and uh, and I'm fighting with God that oh what is the truth tell me because i cannot bear this pain <laughs> inside mm, wow. me it's killing me yeah you're in a uh, search I, yeah yeah and i was asking asking god that okay then why don't you kill me i don't why want this life i'm so confused and then suddenly uh, it's like a peace in my heart and uh it's like in my mind and i'm calm i'm saying nothing and i it's kind of like someone is speaking to my heart that you're not happy with this uh, fate then you leave it leave it i say then you know suddenly i was convinced with that truth that oh you see problems and uh, you see contradictions there's no way no answer for your questions why don't you leave it if you didn't this everywhere this and there is no way to find out your answers and there are no answers for your question and you see that this is not true then why don't you leave it and i said yes i i i will leave this wow so i made that decision in this school i was inside this school so i just left my everything my books and everything my turban i threw away my turban and everything and i booked uh, uh, let's say a, a, a taxi and i went uh, back home after seven years because i didn't want to go to home for the for at least six seven years because i was thinking my parents were not good muslims and i didn't like them because I, for me, they are not like good Muslims. So right, <laughs> I didn't yeah. want to meet them. And then I went back home and I, my family was happy to receive me. They said, yeah, now you, you made a good decision. We're not like these people, like, you know, these people are extremists. And uh, so they were very happy. But I, then I told them that, yeah, you are happy, but I am not a Muslim anymore. What? <laughs> That must have really shocked them. <laughs> it was very shocking. Wow. I said, no, you are emotional and you don't know what you are saying. There is no problem with the religion and the problem is with people. I said, no, I studied the religion. I don't have problem with people. I have problem with the religion. There is a problem. The real problem is with, uh, with the, 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 this faith. And uh, so then they said, okay you the taliban will kill you you should go to pakistan so i went to pakistan and in pakistan i went to uh, a college and i start started studying business just i i wanted to bring a big changes in my life so uh, i left afghanistan i started studying business and then uh, you know there was internet and the internet and uh i saw a computer for the first time i learned how to use a computer and internet and then i uh, once i was good with the uh, computer and 
how to use the internet. I decided to search about God online. So this time, just to interject just for a sec, so you, you then have gone to Pakistan, you want to study business. At that point, though, is your kind of your spiritual journey uh, just kind of on hold? I know that you're, you're going to talk about now being on the internet and doing some searching, but where were you turning? Like, you're not now a Muslim, but you're not, a, I mean, at least you've left Islam and saying, that's it, I'm, I'm done with this. You're not yet a Christian. So what was kind of the thinking in your mind at that time? Like, where were you spiritually? And you're thinking about, you know, if I die, what happens to me? Because that's a, that's a big question a lot of people have if they've walked away from a particular religion. Yeah. So uh, I, I had this uh, idea that I am done with the prophets, but I believe in God. <laughs> so okay. I, I okay. Believe, believe in God. That yeah, I used to believe that these prophets and their books are very confusing. So I was thinking that maybe Moses has a different book and uh, Jesus as a prophet had a different book and Muhammad had a different book and uh, David had a different book and then these small uh, prophets and those stuff. I was thinking they're all confusing. So, uh, yeah, so... I was thinking that, okay, I'm done. I don't want to know about them, but I believe there is God. But something that was very, very interesting for me, and it was new for me, was that I started, uh, I can call it praying in a different way that, okay, God, if you really exist, I believe that you are there, show me yourself. Hmm. It's something different because in Islam, Prayer has a style, and you have to say some exact words. And yeah, very regimented. A, yeah, very uh, regimented. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So, but here is something like that. I was saying, if you are there, show me yourself. So, I, it was kind of my prayer. But so, in this uh, time, I, I stopped uh, following all Islamic rituals, including praying, fasting, even believing, you know, even. Uh, reading the Quran or whatever. So I was in Pakistan and and uh, so I was in and in, in, in Peshawar in Hayatabad, which was a, a very good area. And, you know, so and uh, like I mean, they were, they were not like extremists. So it was like uh, an area where open-minded people were living. So uh, then. Through the internet, so I said, okay, let's search about this religion or that religion. And then I disagreed with all those religions. Then I said, okay, let's uh, search about Judaism. And then there was a, a website that time, I don't know now, it was called How to Become a Jew. <laughs> and, you know, so my English was also not good. But the first thing that I saw on that website was, that if you believe that this cheater, Jesus, is the Messiah, like the first thing that you should believe is that this guy was a cheater, he was not the Messiah, something like that. And then I said, I just closed the website. I said, no, even as a Muslim, I believe that he was the Messiah, you know, all those stuff. He was a prophet, he was a sinless person, he was this, this spirit. They say as spirit, but the spirit of God, he was the word of God. How can you say he was a cheater? And I, as a Sunni Muslim, I was expecting Jesus to come and start the judgment. They said, how can you call him a devil? I said, I don't believe this. And 
So I closed that website, but I didn't want to study about the uh, about Christianity. Even like one time when I was in that school, I there was a radio channel and uh, Pashto and uh, Christian radio channel, and I someone was speaking about Jesus. So I told with myself that if I find this person, I will cut them into pieces. What wow. is he saying? It's all rubbish. I said it's just nonsense. So I was so like angry yeah. on that person. I said, Christianity, no. Because today things are changed in Afghanistan. That time in Afghanistan, our view of Christianity was that God, his wife, Mary, and their son, Jesus, and then uh, that uh, Christians are idol worshipers because we could only see the pictures of the Catholic Church, the statues of Jesus and Mary and those stuff and people bowing down with uh, in front of them and something like that. So then how can God have a son and how can Mary is the wife of uh, God? So we had that understanding of Christian. I, I cannot bow down before a statue. I make it and I bow down before that. But I didn't know that I was doing that. Someone made a house in Saudi Arabia and I was bowing down to that <laughs> yeah. house five times a day but something like that so and then i said okay let's study about the uh, christian then i found a christian website it was called uh called uh, c-a-r-m something dot com or dot org okay uh, that was it was a basic uh, website but now it's a very good website so then i i i uh, learned a little bit about christianity and uh you know i had questions and the good thing was that people were answering my questions and through so even email. though you had an adverse uh you know understanding of christianity uh, you know what you had seen or experienced but obviously there was still something stirring in your heart that maybe at least got to give this a chance is that kind of what was going on then yeah yeah so something like from inside okay there you you disagree uh, with with christians but yeah at least you can go and check but so that thing just encouraged me to learn about uh, uh to uh, find a christian website and uh, all those stuff but you know uh, the people who were in touch with me through email i don't know who they were uh, they they were very smart like mm. the way they were answering my questions I like it. I liked it and still I like it. Why? Because I said, how come you believe that God has a son? They said, we don't believe that God has a son. I said, but no, you believe? He said, no, the way you think God has a son, he doesn't have a son. Right, yeah. Because I was thinking that God has a wife and they had six and then they had a child. I said, the way you think, we don't believe. So it was very helpful to me. You know, it said, no, we don't believe that God has a son. How come you believe that God has a wife? I said, no way God cannot have a wife. So something like that. You know, it was very helpful. Sometimes we try to explain it to people that uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but it's the truth. Yeah, we sh people should know it, but that should not be the first step. You know, first step is, oh, you believe that God has a physical son, he had uh, he has a wife and they have a child no no way it's not possible so like that they were very smart to answer my questions and i liked it 
And slowly, slowly, you know, I was convinced that there is truth. And uh, also, like, what they were telling me, I, you know, what I believe today is that uh, some stuff were, were copied from Quran into uh, from the Bible into Quran, and they were trying to change it and to hide it. But uh, I believe that the truth prevails, though they try to change it. But the truth is still there. If someone concentrate on that, they will find the truth there. Like Jesus is the Spirit of God. They say no, He's the a Spirit of God. So someone tried to change it, you know, but that was still there. So when these people, like the website people, they were trying to explain it to me, I could, uh, so since I already had information about Islam, I could see, oh yeah, so now I understand what does it mean. Right. Or the word of God, oh, what does it mean? All those stuff, there are many other things, even about Jesus' death and all those stuff. And how can... A person be sinless, you know. So all those stuff, you know. These are, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things, and the fact that you did understand the Quran and had, you know, really delved into it through your own curiosity, and then also through your, you know, training as well as you studied, you know, more about Islam. So you're getting the answers you need, and then when did you finally said, okay, um, I believe this to be true? and then make that decision to follow Christ. Yeah, so after six months of questions and answers, they asked me to read the New Testament. And as I uh, started, like, uh, that's a different story, you know, like that time there was no uh, USB drive or something like that. Uh, we were using something else. I just don't remember the name, like uh, uh, the capacity of that thing was very low, like you could not have the whole New Testament cop get like copied into that. Uh, the, so I was using those stuff like portions of the New Testament, you know, copying into that thing and uh, reading the New Testament. So as I started reading the New Testament uh, using my Persian English dictionary, because there was <laughs> like they didn't have a soft copy of the okay. uh, Persian Bible. So as I started, uh, I started from Matthew, let's say, chapter 1. So the first part of Matthew, chapter 1, convinced. There's, oh. <laughs> there are only names, but for me, since I had this knowledge of Islam, and when I read those names, I was convinced. Why? Because in Islam, we were taught that this prophet came, and he was for the his time. For the, the people of his time. And then another prophet came for the people of his time. And these books, like that book is copied into this book. You have a good version of that book in your book. So like that. When I studied these names, I said, no, everyone from the beginning to Jesus, it's connected. And all these people, they are waiting for Jesus to come. And everything that is said, it's connected to Jesus. And if God, you know, if everyone was waiting for the Messiah to come, if the Messiah was the savior of the world, and, uh, you know, all these prophets, they came and they spoke about Jesus and they led people. 
And now I can find all their sayings, whatever was uh, inspired to them in this book. And now Jesus came and he says, I'm the word of God and he's my savior and he's my Lord. And he dies for me and he gives the uh, sacrifice for my sins. And he says, it's finished, it's done. Mm -hmm, yeah. Then why I need Muhammad to come and, uh, you know, he, he bring a new book for me. And he just intercede for me. Interceding for what? It's meaningless. Jesus, the Messiah, even the Quran says he's the Messiah. Messiah of what? To save whom? So yeah. he came to die for my sins and it's done. It's finished. So there's no need for others. So I, those names gave me a, a kind of a meaning, a thought that all these names are mentioned. Why? So I, <laughs> I said, because uh, I learned this from here that everyone from the, be the beginning to Jesus, they, they were looking for the Messiah. And the mm -hmm. Messiah came and he died for me and he said, it's finished. So it's finished. So, uh, yeah, so Jesus is enough for me. So I learned that from the first page of the gospel. And then from there I said, okay, I believe in Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. So now I will read the whole New Testament, not to uh, uh, like doubt or not to question, but to learn what's written here and to grow in my faith. So I made this decision with myself. So those names were enough for me. <laughs> that's yeah. That's I've I mean I've heard many testimonies, and that that is a unique one by studying the names. But how God again He can direct us, and how He you know, had you connecting with this website and the people that were answering the questions and, you know, it's so important in terms of the way we reach out to people and, and to understand that, you know, many Muslims do have a distorted view of what Christianity is, you know, even as you talked about the son of God. So it's so important. So you make the decision to follow Jesus and now you're back home and you have portions of the new Testament uh, that you've hidden in your home. They were discovered what then happened uh, when your family found out that uh, you had become a Christian? This happened in Pakistan. And then once I s finished my studies and then the Taliban, they were gone. And the new government was there. So I returned to Afghanistan. So this thing happened in Pakistan. So I returned to Afghanistan since I studied business. I found a good job and my life was very good and but I, I was not able to tell my family that I'm a Christian. So I kept it, uh, let's say, secret with myself. So I was an underground believer. And then uh, I, through these people, the website uh, people, I was connected with some missionaries. And uh, yeah, so uh, like, like with two missionaries and we had our prayer meetings one to one prayer, one by one prayer meetings and also kind of i don't call it bible study but yeah bible studies or studying the word and so yeah so i was a kind of uh yeah an underground believer and only these two people in afghanistan knew about my faith but when i got married uh, so i didn't tell my family but uh, they found out uh they found out about my faith because i I told my wife that I'm a Christian and uh, all those stuff. And I uh, printed out the Bible 
<laughs> from my computer. It was on my computer that time, a Persian Bible. I printed out, uh, it was like A4 size, and I gave it to her to read. Uh, and that's how my family, they got to know about this. And uh, like, so in Afghanistan, what's the, 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 let's say the reaction of people when they find out that someone uh, is converted to Christianity. So the reaction is, oh, you're doing this to go to uh, one of these Western countries. That's mm. the first reaction. Uh, you are doing this because you are looking or you are interested in wealth and money or maybe in something, you know. So that was the reaction of my father. So the first thing that he told me, if you want to go to any of these Western countries, I can send you. <laughs> so that was the first thing. If you want to uh, have your second and third wife, I can do that for you. Wow. If you want to go and enjoy your life for a while, I, I can send you somewhere. If you need money, whatever, we will do for you. Don't do it because of this stuff. Uh, I told him that, no, this is not because of such things. I, I, I believe because I found the truth in the book. He said, even if you found the truth, even if there is truth in, in, in your faith, you cannot do it. You cannot do it because this will put our lives uh, in, in danger and our dignity and honor. You know, you will dishonor us. Yeah. It will be a big shame for our family. So you cannot do it. And if you insist that, yes, I will, I will not repent and renounce <laughs> like to my to Islam, my Christian faith, then uh, I'm your first enemy because I have the whole family and you are one person. So I don't want the whole family to be uh, harmed or to be ashamed because of you. So <laughs> that's what their reaction was. Did you at that point then fear that they may in fact take your life if you didn't return to Islam? Yeah, because some small stuff happened, like uh, they, my cousins, they got to know, and uh, like small things happened, like one of them, he wanted to beat me, and then, uh, so I, actually I didn't listen to them. So they gave me like two months, two months, almost two months. I didn't listen to them. And then they said, okay, so the next step is that uh, we will use the, uh, we will seek the help of the religious authorities because uh, people will find out and it will be a big shame and risk for our family. So it's better that we talk to them and let them deal with you. Let them deal with you. Even if they would kill you, they were, they were prepared for you to be killed yeah. to save yeah, the family. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So they said, let, let them deal with you. So, and they told me like, if by next Friday, uh, you didn't change your mind and you didn't go to mosque and just confess in front of everyone that you were cheated or this or that, and now you are a Muslim, then, uh, that Friday you make a decision. Either you want to die, like <laughs> we will deliver you to them and they will make a decision or you want to live. But uh, I used that uh, week, like those, it was actually five days. 
So, <laughs> and then me and my wife, we escaped from Afghanistan. So, because I knew that uh, I didn't want to go to the mosque and say that, oh, I'm not a Christian. I could do that. You know, I'm not a Christian. I'm sorry. I was cheated. I could say, okay, inside from inside. I'm a Christian, but uh, now because I lose my life, so I, I want to tell people that I'm not a Christian. That didn't work for me because I already suffered for uh, living, like uh, being a person who was a hypocrite, that inside he had, uh, he was suffering from, but uh, from outside he was showing that I have peace and because I believe in this religion. But here, in this time, I had peace inside me, so I didn't want to tell people that, oh, I'm suffering because I was cheated, <laughs> Christians yeah. cheated me. So I didn't want to do that. I just uh, said, no, I cannot do this. I didn't know if I could escape from Afghanistan, but it was a miracle and it happened. Uh, and we left everything, all our belongings, everything. And it was also a miracle that my wife, who was a Muslim that time, she came with me and God prepared some money and everything and the visa and wow. all those stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and we escaped to India. So it was a miracle, I think. But my decision was that if God is your will, help us to escape to India. Otherwise, I will go to mosque on Friday. And if they ask me if you are a Christian, I would say yes. So and let them do whatever they want. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then your wife, Tehran, eventually became a Christian as well. And as you mentioned, you escaped off to India and uh, you were there as a refugee for nine years and uh, it was not an easy life for you there. Yeah, so I went to India and uh, like, uh, so uh, as a, so I didn't know, like I went to India, I had no idea about this refugee stuff and those things. So for two, three days, we were staying in a hotel and then someone told me, did you register with the UNHCR? I said, no, why? He said, you cannot live here just like this. You have to go and apply for asylum. And I, then we went and we applied for asylum. So I found a church in India and I joined the church. It was an English church. And then uh, I, I started going to Bible studies, different Bible studies, like uh, and different trainings and everything from morning to evening. So, because I was so interested. Yeah. And in two months, I started a Bible study in my home uh, for Afghans, new believers. So things that I was learning, I was teaching them. So I started and I was using my own money to print out the materials and everything, you know, even making CDs and things. Wow. And then uh, in eight months, we planted an Afghan church. In so, India? Wow. In India, yeah. We planted an Afghan church. And uh, in 10 months, so four months after, two, uh, two months after we planted the Afghan church, I, I went to a Bible college. So I was working uh, with a Christian ministry, just uh, translating the sermons from uh, English to Pashto. And I was in the Bible college and we, we had our church. So three different things. And God blessed our church. And in, in four months, we became 50 people. <laughs> so all from the Muslim background. And slowly, slowly, like uh, 
So uh, all together, during those nine years, uh, we had five churches in dif- and uh, two different locations, so in three different languages. That's yeah, that's- like Far- Farsi, Pashto, and uh, English. So in two different locations. And we had a ministry. We started a small Bible college for our church members. So every all of our church members, they were Bible college students. <laughs> so... And we had a radio ministry, and uh, uh, yeah, we had uh, we also started like some language centers, you know, where pe- we were using those language people uh, centers to attract people and to share the gospel with them. So it was it's a ministry; it's still going on in India, and it's going very well. But we faced a lot of uh, problems in India. Yeah, I wanted uh, to talk about that because, and I mean, just and just to back up just for a moment, yeah. when you came to Jesus, you came to Jesus. I mean, yeah. you know, after the you know the struggles, the internal struggles you had, you know, as a Muslim, uh, now you felt this peace in Christ. And even though there was opposition against you, trying to get you to go back to Islam while you're in Afghanistan, and now you're in India, you're starting, you know, Bible school and all these churches and, you know, radio ministry, so you're very active, that caught the attention of the Muslim community in New Delhi. And so it was very dangerous, though, for you and your wife. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like uh, the one of our ministries was to uh, go out every day, every day, and uh, to distribute gospel tracts to 200 Afghans. So it was every day. Every day we were going to different locations and uh, we were just distributing gospel tracts to Afghans. So that caused us to suffer a lot because, uh, and many people came to faith through that ministry. So many people, like uh, I can say hundreds and hundreds of people came to faith, but that causes a lot of uh, problems. So uh, in the beginning, the uh, Afghan uh, Muslim community in New Delhi, they they started persecuting us, attacking our church, uh, my home, and so it was a very difficult time. They used to attack us, and the police was so corrupt in India that, you know, uh, they used to bribe them, and, you know, so, uh, so we faced a lot of problems, uh, and then, you know, the 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 Indian government arrested uh, three of our church members when they were doing evangelism and they put them in jail for six months and that was a big issue for us and later the Afghan uh, government and the Afghan parliament they spoke about this that uh, people go to India and there are some Afghan Christians they make them Christian like something like that so it was a big news in Afghanistan, and then the Indian government put a lot of pressure on us. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it was a very difficult time. And uh, but uh, you know, but the, the, the ministry was growing. It's like they put a lot of pressure on us, and so I was attacked and assaulted by these people many times. Uh, but you know, I yeah, but. Yeah, so, but I was saying, okay, it's okay. Uh, let them attack me, let them <laughs> assault me. Uh, I will not stop. And then, uh, yeah, so, but 
I, we could see the hand of uh, like protection, like Jesus' hand of protection on us, like when the uh, Afghan government wanted uh, us to be deported. Uh, the some Christians and in the Indian government they they stopped that and they could not deport us. Uh, like when we were arrested by the police, some Christians, they came and they helped us. Uh, they released us. And also, uh, I don't know, even some of these Indian uh, police officers and intelligence officers who are Hindus, even not Christians, they were helping me all the time, coming to me and informing me about the threats and about the plans and plots of these Muslims later. Even the, there is a, a terrorist Islamic group in, in India. Uh, even they had a plan to attack me and our church. And I was informed by the in, Indian intelligence. And so like <laughs> uh, I could feel it that uh, I am protected. Though like well, we were, uh, we faced a lot of persecution. But uh, praise God that the ministry was never stopped. And also like... Uh, and not only from the uh, non-Christian community, even the Christian community in the beginning, they were saying that, oh, these people, they are not Christian. So that was a <laughs> very discouraging for me. Oh, these people are not Christian. Don't trust them. They want to go to a Western country. That's why they are all fake and bogus Christians. So mm. it was very sad for me to hear this from some uh, people in, in the Christian community. When we planted an Afghan church, then there was a lot of, uh, there were a lot of opposition that, oh, you don't know how to lead a church and all those stuff. And then uh, since we, we were all the time under the attack of these Muslim groups in India, uh, some churches, they kicked us out of their building. They said, you cannot uh, worship in our building, but God provided us a basement. Oh. It was like our own place. And all those things happened, many discouragements, even from the Christian society, but it was okay. Like I was serving with a Christian ministry, so they gave me two options. Either you stop the Afghan church, the Afghan ministry, or we will fire you. And they fired me. <laughs> I told them it's not a supermarket that i open it one day and then i close it so it's god's ministry how can i tell people okay go away and don't believe in jesus anymore yeah it's <laughs> so not I like yeah it's it. not like the church is uh <laughs> is a franchise i mean the you know there's when i hear your story i think there's so many would have and and i think of myself what i have been able to persevere not only you know are you experiencing persecution from the Muslim community in India, but now the Christians are looking at you with suspicion. And 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 I've worked with the persecuted church for many years. I've met many refugees and they want to come to Canada. They're claiming persecution. The reality is, unfortunately, that is true. Some people do, you know, claim that they become Christians. And if you send yeah. us back to this Muslim country, we're going to be killed. Uh, you know, that's where we really need the Lord's, you know, discernment. And I know even, and we're going to talk about your ministry here in Canada, but, you know, how you even have to discern that as well when people are reaching out, say, bring us to Canada, we're being persecuted and then wondering, okay, is this person really, you know, sincere? So that, 
you know, that's something that's very important. Again, we have to have that wisdom from the Lord. So in 2015, you came to Canada through a church sponsorship program. I uh, felt your time in India was now up. Uh, you come to Canada, you start an Afghan church here with the Jesus Network, which is an amazing ministry. Um, and I understand even as you've been in Canada, you've also faced opposition and your children as well from other Afghan Muslims that are living in this country now. Yeah, so in 2015, uh, you know, uh, a church, like a church in Mississauga, they told us that uh, I didn't know them. I don't know who and how, you know, who told them about us. And they sponsored us in 2010. But it took us five years. So I was kind of believing that, okay, so maybe it didn't happen. So I was doing the ministry. I was busy with the ministry. And one day the Canadian High Commission called my wife that, oh, you have an interview. So <laughs> she told me that oh, we have an interview. I said, maybe someone is joking with us. <laughs> Let's check the phone number. So when I checked the phone number, I Googled it. I saw that, oh, it's from the Canadian High Commission. It's so real. Said, it's not fake. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I didn't know that, you know, like I didn't believe that, okay, one day we will have an interview or something like that. So then, uh, so finally we came to Canada and this uh, church sponsored us. And uh, then uh, when we, I, uh, we came to Canada, we, uh, I joined the Jesus Network and I was, uh, uh, helping uh, like uh, the Jesus Network with uh, the Muslim ministry, especially Afghans. And, and so slowly, slowly after I think one year, we planted the Afghan uh, home fellowship. And then, you know, uh, so then, you know, we, we planted actually a church. And now we have a church and ministry for uh, for Afghans. So I, I only Afghans and Iranians. So now I, that, that's the two nations that I, I reached them out in Canada, mm -hmm. uh, especially in the GT area. So, uh, yeah, so we faced a lot of uh, problems here, you know, like uh, there are many people that they become friends with you, but when you tell them that I'm a Christian, then they leave you. And then, uh, so a lot, there are like a lot of problems. There is an Afghan community, let me tell you this. There is an Afghan community of 60,000 people in, in, let's say, in the GTA area. Greater Toronto and, uh, area, yeah. And, uh, yeah, but they don't like us. So <laughs> that's so discouraging. They don't like us. So what we did, now we have a community of Afghans, uh, Christians, Muslims, and Hindus that uh, we accept each other oh, so there's yeah. something new so this is what we started like a group of muslims and christians uh few christians and hindus that we accept each other and we listen to each other and uh, uh i thank god that everyone is so interested to know about uh, the bible and about you know our christian faith so that's something so now we don't feel that we are alone here, that Afghans are not talking to us, that they hate us, that they don't want to stay in touch with us. In the beginning, I was feeling that, you know, the community didn't want to stay in touch with me. And, uh, and I also, before COVID, I faced some problems, some threats and uh, some kind of uh, warnings. 
from the community but uh, yeah because of covid <laughs> yeah. then everyone was kind of uh, you know so there was less communication and uh, and uh, yeah so people were not going outside so that's why uh, yeah uh, i didn't i haven't received any threats after that but you can feel it when you go to the community you can feel it that even when some people are talking to you smiling and laughing you can feel that this guy doesn't like me and i don't know why you know but god is changing the afghan community especially in the gta area and many people many let's say devout and strict muslims are my good friends today they tell me that we are muslims but we are your good friends and i account on them and the good thing is these devout and uh, the and uh, strict muslims they 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 help me when i have an outreach they invite people <laughs> wow <laughs> so well you've, you've built you, i think when over time you know people see you're authentic you 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 believe in jesus um, I mean, it's only a work of the Holy Spirit that draws people into Jesus anyway. We know that. Unless the Spirit draws, you won't come to the Father. That's the reality. But we are to be his vessels, and when given opportunity, we share the gospel. And we're not ashamed of that. Paul told us in Romans, you know, not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ as a power of God unto salvation. And, uh, you know, it's a, the, the work that you're doing in the Toronto area and beyond right across Canada and really across the world as you're reaching out on the Internet and all these kinds of things it's amazing. I want to talk now, though, about, you know, the heartbreak that you must have felt when you saw the Taliban going back into power in Afghanistan, and especially into your hometown of Kabul. Yeah, so uh, just want to mention about something else, like, uh, uh, like, uh, even now, like in, in, in Toronto, I have some good friends in the Muslim community, I mentioned about this. Mm -hmm. But some of them, like when I meet them, or some people in the community, they they tell me that, oh, I wish you were not an infidel. You are a good guy. <laughs> so something very, it makes me laugh, but that's one thing. But there's something else very important. I receive calls from unknown people, and they call me and they tell me that, uh, like about their problems. Mm. They say we cannot tell people uh, in the Islamic community, in the Afghan Muslim community, about these problems. So they are asking for some advice or counseling or different things. Like it's like people know that Christians uh, will, uh, you know, they are, they they will keep things confidential. That we they will not guide us, uh, you know, in a wrong way. That they will help us. That they love us that they have not like uh let's say uh they, they are helpful so that's what i'm uh, trying to say so people and the things are changing in the community and regarding the situation in afghanistan you know the taliban are back and they took over the country and especially they are ruling in the country and uh, my city like kabul uh is kind of the capital of taliban today uh so one thing that i want to say is that uh uh now the situation uh is very difficult for christians so 
So that's the, because the Taliban may forgive the previous government, authorities, soldiers, or whoever, even those who work for Americans or for the Canadian forces, but they will never forgive a Christian. That's something that I want to tell you. And the situation for, let me speak first about the situation of Christians. Christians are actually displaced. Many of them are displaced. I know people who are living in South now, they are living in North, which means they lost their jobs. They lost their home before. Maybe they are living in their own home, but now they are renting a place. And they lost their business and everything. And many Christians left the country, but there are still Christians who are inside the country. Uh, and they are facing a lot of problems, a lot of problems. But one encouraging thing is that, uh, yeah, so they, they are not afraid and they are not like uh, kind of discouraged. Whenever I talk to them, when I, whenever they contact me and we have a communication, they ask me to pray for them. And uh, yeah, they are, uh, they, they are, they, yeah, they are asking for a way out. Like they say, what should we do? We don't know if we can, uh, how long this situation will continue. Should we leave the country? Should we stay in the country? So that's what the situation of Christians is in Afghanistan. But otherwise, you know, uh, the Taliban, their, uh, you know, their main problem is that they don't have money. And right. if you don't have money in a poor country, even if there is peace, even if everything is going on, it's, it's a very difficult situation. So people don't have food. People don't have shelter. Uh, everything is closed. Everything is closed. And people are suffering in Afghanistan. So uh, I, 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 I follow some uh, local TV channels. And uh, when they interview people, they say, okay, there is peace today, but I cannot eat and drink peace. I need food. I need right. water. You know, and also people's lives are not safe. The moment you say something, like you just express your feeling or your thoughts, you will be arrested. Right. Yeah. They don't. And they will call yeah. you a spy. And they will call you a spy. Like few women, maybe they wanted to leave the country and they were in a safe house. They arrested them. And they said, we will release you, but you have to say that this person or this country, uh, we were working for them and they were trying to, uh, you know, encourage us to say something against the Taliban or all those stuff. So people, even if what I, I'm trying to say, is, even if the Taliban say that we don't want to touch any person and, okay, there is a forgiveness for everyone from our side. People have fear. They are living in fear because they know the nature of these people. So that's what the yeah. situation is. The fear is there and people are not feeling good in Afghanistan. I can tell you if today uh, a country says, who wants to come leave Afghanistan and come to my country? Well, I will accept all, all, everyone. I believe that 60% of people will leave the country. So that's what the situation is in Afghanistan. Right. And, you know, I've heard some stories from missionaries that, uh, you know, that are in contact with you know, Christians in Afghanistan, 
And there are many that saying, okay, we, we want to get out of here. There's no hope. There's no future. But there are some Christians that are saying we need to stay because we want to tell people about Jesus. So when you're talking to them, Obed, you know, whether they want to leave or whether they want to stay, how do then you encourage them? Like, I mean, you don't want, you, you can't tell someone, no, no, you need to stay and tell people about Jesus. And the other hand, you can't tell people, well, you need to get out of there because it's too dangerous. So how do you go about counseling your brothers and sisters in Christ in your home country of Afghanistan? Yeah, so I know a small uh, number of Christians that they want to stay in the country. And they, uh, yeah, they want to, uh, yeah, so they, they say like, uh, uh, we like we are the church in Afghanistan. So, <laughs> so they say we want to stay here. So, but uh, uh, as I talk to other Christians, like uh, only few people, they are really uh, interested to leave the country. Others say, if it's God's will, we will leave. Like what I'm saying, like I receive more encouragement. Let me, uh, yeah, say, say it in this way. I receive more encouragement from believers inside the country than those who are outside the country. Like more encouraging news is coming from them that, yeah, it's okay. So this is the situation. These things are normal for Christians and we are facing persecution, but it's okay. Jesus is with us and they say, pray for us. And like, if, if it's God's will that we leave Afghanistan, he will prepare a way for us. Otherwise we are here. So that's what the spirit of Afghan Christians is. And some people, when they get discouraged, I, 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 I talk to them and I tell them that, you know, uh, Jesus suffered in this world. So uh, if our master suffered, then, you know, we are his disciples. <laughs> we will also suffer. I know this is not, uh, I know this is not easy for you, uh, but uh, uh, as a person that I faced persecution, uh, that I'm still not able to go to my country. <laughs> I will never be able to go to my country. <laughs> so uh, I tell them that, you know, uh, you know, that Jesus is with us. So it, it really doesn't matter that we are facing persecution or not. But to be honest with you, I, I receive good news from them. And when I talk to them, I don't uh, hear complaints or hear something that someone is scared or someone is uh, trying to leave the country. They say, okay, we submit ourselves to God's will. So if he wants us to leave, we will leave. If you says no, you stay, we will stay. So wow. they are just listening to Jesus. That's what, what, what they are doing. Like no one is in hurry, you know. Yeah, I know many people left the country, which is a good thing. But we still have, and something else, the number of new believers are growing. Yeah. Uh, there is a concern that you don't know if they are the Taliban just <laughs> saying that we are new believers or whatever. But I can see that the number of new believers are growing. I can tell you people who, I know hundreds of people who believed in Jesus in the last two, three months. Wow. Well, you Hundreds know, of people. And, and I know that's one of the things that, you know, I've been thinking about, praying about, and even talking to others about is what we see what happened in Iran. 
after the revolution in 1979 and then islam was promised to bring this you know utopia never happened and many iranians and i know you work with iranian people as well uh, got discouraged with uh, islam and many are turning to jesus in iran which is why it has the fastest growing church by rate in the world and you know perhaps with the taliban coming in it will cause people then to be on, you know, on more of a spiritual journey, you know, what, what really matters and, and then opening their hearts up to Jesus. And, uh, you know, that's the, you know, something I know that we can continue to pray. Obed, what is the most important thing? And maybe I already know the answer. It's, it's prayer, uh, to help our Afghan brothers and sisters. We'll do that in a moment, but practically, how can we help them? Uh, yeah. So I, I, I think that, uh, since people are displaced and uh, since people lost their jobs and business and everything and uh, they have to uh, I call it uh, hide hiding somewhere they have to call uh, they have to hide in somewhere like hiding means you cannot go to your hometown you have to go to somewhere else where people don't know you so you're living there because people don't know you and you feel you are safe so I think uh, in a practical way, like if we can uh, provide them uh, food and shelter, you know, those kinds of stuff for a while, not like mm -hmm. uh, to give them a feeling that there's something that will continue, but for a while till, you know, they find a new job and because there are no jobs right now. So right. it's not like they're lazy. <laughs> so there's no jobs, nothing, you know, <laughs> everything is closed. So. Yeah, until they find things uh, are better and they find jobs or find a way out for themselves, I think the best ways to help them with food and shelter. And so, how can we do that? How can we get food and shelter? Uh, you know, obviously it's money that would, uh, you know, help them to do that. Uh, can we do that through your organization? Uh, uh, like we we helped, uh, I think, about 100 people uh, Christian families through VOM Australia. So we help them inside the country. Uh, and there are some different organizations. And yeah, we like, so we are all connected. So yeah, so if we, you can do it through our church, through our organization, or we know some other partners that they can, uh, the thing is that banks or the banks don't have money. <laughs> so you have to yeah. find a channel that people get the money inside the country. And I uh, thank God for uh, different Christian organizations. Even last month, uh, like uh, I'm mainly in touch with the VOM Australia. So they provided uh, uh, food materials like groceries and even fuel and <laughs> a lot of stuff. Like it's like one track stuff per family. And that was very helpful. So there are ways that we can help them. But it's if I say like this, like VOM Australia is not in Afghanistan. They have partners in Afghanistan. So right. I cannot mention names. So like, no. yes, through our organization or through other Christian organizations who have something in Afghanistan, a ministry in Afghanistan, we can help these families. So if we go to the Jesus Network, we can get some information there? Yeah, 
Yeah. Okay. I'm going to put that on the show notes and I'll also give that uh, website out in just a moment. Uh, we know that uh, the Canadian government has said that 40,000 Afghan refugees uh, will be coming to Canada. Some have already come here. Uh, that just gives you more opportunity, Obed, to share the message of Jesus. Uh, we know probably a good you know, majority of them will end up in the Toronto area and then also spread across Canada. So, you know, this is an opportunity for people to at least hear about Jesus and the opportunity to share with them. Uh, I so appreciate, uh, you know, your heart. Uh, your journey is absolutely amazing how the Lord brought you to himself. And then, you know, in India and ministering there and now into Canada, in spite of the many challenges. Uh, and then even with what's going on currently in Afghanistan, we're praying for that nation uh, and as I mentioned right off the top, it is number one in terms of the most dangerous and difficult place in the world to follow Jesus, according to the Open Door study. So Afghanistan, definitely on God's heart, definitely on our heart. So brother, can you close us off in prayer uh, to pray for our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan, and even those that have been spread around the world, including here into Canada? Yes. So yeah, before I pray, thank you and uh, for giving me this opportunity to share my story and also to share about the uh, situation in Afghanistan, especially about the persecution that Afghan Christians are facing. So, yeah, so let's pray then. Amen. <laughs> yeah, so Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, this opportunity that uh, we can pray for our brothers and sisters inside Afghanistan, uh, those who are facing persecution, uh, on the account of their faith and you. Uh, uh, Lord, uh, my prayer is that uh, I believe that you are with them and you are protecting them and you are giving them wisdom. Uh, and also, Lord, you are helping them uh, to, uh, to think about the ways to protect themselves and also to be uh, careful, Lord. But I pray, Lord, that you, you may give them the courage and you may encourage them, Lord, that they may lose, uh, may, may not lose their faith, Lord, but they may see this uh, persecution as a good thing, Lord, that which may help them to grow in their faith, Lord. And Lord, I know that they are committed to to serve you in this situation. So I pray, Lord, that you may uh, create uh, opportunities for them, Lord. Show them where to go. Show them what to do, Lord. And uh, you use them for your glory in Afghanistan. We can see, Lord, that many people are interested to know you in Afghanistan, even if they have some hidden agendas in their mind. But Lord, still, Lord, this is something big that people are thinking about you and they want to know about you and they contact or uh, get in touch with, with Christians. Uh, so Lord, uh, work in the hearts of those people and uh, help them, Lord, to know you, Lord, and help them, show them your light, Lord, and show them that you are, you are their Lord, and you, 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 you are their Savior, Lord, and, and Lord, so that they may know you, Lord, and they may receive the salvation from you, Lord. And also, Lord, I pray for our brothers and sisters that not, uh, that they have uh, security problems, but they also have a, uh, uh, other financial problems that, that they are displaced and they, uh, their children cannot go to school. Uh, they lost their jobs, Lord. They lost their business. They, they are uh, staying away from their relatives, from their family members. 
Uh, so Lord, I pray that you may be with them, encourage them and provide them with the things that they need, Lord. And uh, I also pray for the future of the Afghan church in, inside the country, Lord, that as believers are scattered and they are maybe not in touch or maybe they don't want to stay in touch right now. But Lord, I pray that you may you may plant new churches in Afghanistan, that these churches may go out and share the gospel with those who are interested, those whose hearts are touched, Lord, that may, uh, may be a witness for, for the Taliban and other people that do you kill Christians, do you persecute Christians, but you cannot stop Jesus, you cannot mm -hmm. stop the church. So, Lord, I pray that, uh, uh, and I believe, Lord, that the church will grow in Afghanistan, but I pray, Lord, that it may grow in Afghanistan, help uh, and use, Lord, Christians who are outside Afghanistan, who have access to the internet, who have, uh, that they may share the gospel through the internet, through the ch radio channels, through uh, uh, satellite uh, programs and uh, other programs which can, uh, can be uh, Lord, uh, something very safe for people, Lord. So I pray, Lord, for all TV channels, for all radio channels, for all, all online ministries, Lord, that you may use these ministries um, as a tool uh, to share the gospel, to train, to disciple, to help, to pray, to encourage believers and non-believers in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. And may many people come to you through these online ministries, Lord. Use Afghan believers outside uh, Afghanistan that they may share the gospel wherever they are. And they may uh, not only share the gospel, but also uh, pray for their brothers and sisters in Afghanistan and, and, and think about them, Lord, and raise awareness about their situation. Thank you, Lord, that you are with with. Uh, with all of us and especially with those who are facing persecution in afghanistan and i believe that you are with them and lord uh, i believe that you will use them and i believe that you have plans for them and i believe lord that you you will grow your church in afghanistan mm -hmm. and nobody's able to stop it That's right. thank you jesus uh for this opportunity and i pray this in your precious name that you're my lord and savior amen amen obed thank you so much um again appreciate your heart and your compassion for our brothers and sisters in christ and i uh, to find out more about the jesus network which is a cross-cultural ministry that is focused on being an agent of hope and change in Toronto, influencing others through the message of Jesus Christ, you can go to jesusnetwork.ca. That's jesusnetwork.ca. And again, I'll put that web address on our podcast show notes. Again, Obed, thank you again. God bless you and uh, look forward to uh, continuing to keep in touch with you and to hear the wonderful things that God is doing uh, through you uh, and your family and uh, what God is doing you know, in the Afghans in Canada and right around the world. So again, thank you for taking this time and God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity and thanks for your time. God bless you too. And remember, the closer you are to Jesus, the closer you are to the fire.